Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today to the JTP Church Podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message. If you want to share with us what God is doing in your life, you can write us at hello at jtp.church. If you would like to partner with us and make a financial gift to our ministry, you can visit us at www.jtp.church to make a donation. Now sit back and enjoy the message. I was standing right there with my wife and I was just watching people just come here and Man, we have such an amazing team. All right, can we give it up for the leaders that God has given us? From the host to the praise and worship, the musicians, Jesus. How many know that it's Jesus' birthday today? I remember Jesus used to come with his dress shirt and his little tie. And he used to serve with the ushers. And it was like all the adult ushers and the adult services. And then you see little Jesus there serving. But his mom did a great job with him, and he was serving in church since he was little, and it's just amazing to see him grow up. I'm so proud of him, and it's his birthday. So make sure that before you leave today, you give him a big hug, and you tell him how much you appreciate him. Amen? It's been an amazing week. We're in the process of obtaining a new building. We're in the closing process on 25th Street, right on busy 25th Street in the fastest-growing city in Florida, which is Doral. We thank the church for generous giving. So we thank God for that. It's going to be a reality. We declare that God's going to save many people. You see, that's 25th Street right there. And our building's right on 25th Street. So it's excellent location. And it's going to be amazing. How many say amen to that? Awesome. Awesome. Well, you guys didn't sound too excited, but I'm excited. You guys have lunch? No? Lunch? Was it good? (laughs) Okay. I want to talk to you guys today about Hush the Rush. Talk to you a little bit about rushing and we live in a society that is very fast-paced extremely fast-paced for everything i'm sure some of you guys have ever asked yourself why am i always running late come on let's see the people that could confess that they have problems with time oh we got so many honest people here in jtv church awesome man i'm always i'm always running late i'm always behind or maybe you've said you've said no matter how hard I try I just can't seem to get my act together I'm always rushing and I got so many things to do and I don't get any of them done I'm tired of rushing all the time how many mistakes have we made because we're in a hurry in doing more than we can handle and we try to do it all at once and I believe that God today is calling us to be able to choose wisely and plan well God wants us to be able to accomplish the vision that he has for our lives, accomplish the dream that he's put in our hearts. In order to do that, you need to hush the rush. And you see, when you choose God's guidance before setting your schedule, you can experience the peace of his presence instead of the anxiety of all that hurriedness that sometimes we go through. And I want to go to the word of God right off the bat. And I want to share with you what it says in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. Proverbs Chapter 21, verse 5, and this was said by the most wisest, the wisest person ever to live on earth, which is King Solomon. He says this, careful planning, and I'm reading off the message, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. I'm going to read it again. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. While hurry and scurry puts you further behind. And I want you to touch the person next to you. And I want you to tell them this message. Tell them, hush the rush. You have to hush the rush. 
You see, we live in a time of instant gratification. And we've been talking about this. We talked a little bit. How many of you guys were blessed with our previous series? Building Unsinkable Relationship. Was it good? Did it help you guys? I mean, you guys bombarded us with questions last week. We have this thing of instant gratification. And, you know, it's not our fault. It's what they teach us in society. It's the way the world lives. And if you don't read the Word of God, and if you don't take time sometimes to be still and listen to the voice of God, you can fall into getting so caught up in the rush and in the hurry that you don't have time to listen to what God is telling you and in the direction that God is trying to move you. And I started doing a little bit of research, and I found that talking about culture here in America, in a lot of parts of the world or other parts of the world, they do things a lot different. For example, elementary school here in the United States is about six hours long, and they give kids about 30 minutes of recess. In Norway, or Norwegian elementary schools, they last only three hours long. Why can I be in Norway when I was going to elementary school? I mean, I, and kids have more time to play outside, just three hours long for elementary school. In Spain and parts of my country, I was born in Argentina. I came here when I was two years old. So practically, I was born here or raised here. But in some parts of my country, in Argentina and Spain, from two to four, every single shop shuts down and everybody takes what they call la siesta, a nap. It's nap time. And you see people at 2 p.m., they close down shop and they go to sleep. You know, they have some tea and, you know, according to the customs in Argentina, they drink mate. Anybody tried mate here ever? You guys haven't lived. <laughs> but they, they close down shop, you know, they, they spend time together and they just take a nap. And then they open from four to six and then they close down. We never do that here in the United States. I've never seen somebody, you see businesses sometimes open super late. The great European composers, they orchestrate symphonies that sometimes last 45 minutes. But here in the United States, the money and the priority go to popular artists whose songs last no more than four minutes long. If a song's more than four minutes, it's not going to get played on the radio. So you got to make sure it's under four minutes. Am I right, Joanna? So we see here, it's such a fast pace in the United States that we live in. And they teach us here in, in America also with respect to work that if we work harder and longer hours than the next guy, then you'll come out on top. But what does this do to our bodies? You see, we, we don't see the opportunity cost. We don't see all the things that come as a consequence of this extreme state of being or its extreme rush. What happens to our minds, our spirits? What's the opportunity cost? All work and then no time for recreation. We have no time. We have parents that don't have time to spend with their kids. Husbands that have no time to spend with their wives. And then the marriage unit, which we talked about last few weeks, starts suffering. It's just like a plant. If you don't water a plant, it's going to dry up. And sometimes we see marriages dry up. It's because you're not pouring into it. It's got to be a constant thing. you got to pour into a marriage. And, and we see a lot of things happen. In the 1930s, there was an economist. He was a very well-known economist. His name was John Maynard Keynes. And he predicted, this was in 1930, that in 100 years, the work week will be much shorter. He said approximately 15 hours a week because as automation would expand and as we have all this technology coming into the world and make things a lot faster, things were going to be so much easier. So he predicted that 100 years after 1930, which we're really close to, right, 13 years away, people will work 15 hours a week. Do you guys think that's going to happen? 87 years, we're working even more than what we used to work back then. And yes, we have better technology. Am I right? We have better technology. Automation has really helped us, but we're working even more. Well, just this week, 
Jack Ma, the CEO of Alibaba, as you guys know, that's like the Amazon of China. He's one of the people that are pushing forward artificial intelligence in this time. That's a, that's a big thing now. And he said that artificial intelligence is going to revolutionize our work week and that people will only work four hours a day and maybe four days a week. Kind of like the same thing that this other economist said. Do you guys really see people working 16 hours a week? I mean, as fast-paced as we are, it's like the more free time that we have, it's like we feel uncomfortable. We have to do more. We have to produce more. We have to outdo the other person. And what's the cost that we're paying for that? We see marriages breaking up. We see people making money and building fortunes, but then they have no one to enjoy it with. And Jeremiah 2.25 says this. I love this. And I'm going to read off the message again. I really like the way the message explained this verse. Jeremiah 2.25 says, slow down. Tell the person next to you, slow down. Take it easy. It doesn't say that. I just added that in. But it says, slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? Doesn't that just hit the nail in where American society is today? What's the rush? God wants us to slow down. Man, how many times do we get up and we have so many things on our to-do list that we don't have time to ask God and say, God, what do you have for me today? How many times do we have dreams that maybe God himself put in our hearts, but we're trying to do everything our own way and we don't let God guide our steps like its word says. And, and sometimes it, all it takes is just recognizing God to start off your day and say, God, you know, I got all these things to do. <laughs> Literally impossible for me to take care of on my own. But I know that if I go to you, you'll sort out what things are most important. You give me, you'll put my priorities straight and you'll help me do the things that I cannot do on my own. And maybe, man, 15 minutes in the presence of God will just turn your day upside down. First of all, it's going to give you faith and hope as you start off your day. And second of all, you're going to see along the way because you let God into your day that it's not just you against the world, but God is like opening doors and telling you, look this way, and this is what I'm going to do. And then you're going to see the favor of God. And, and sometimes the enemy wants to keep us busy. He wants to keep us distracted because he knows that if we give God the time that he deserves, man, we're going to reach our objectives. We're going to have less stress and we're going to be able to accomplish so much more. How many believe that? So I think that this verse in Jeremiah is something that we need to take to heart, especially in these days that we're living. Slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why wear yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? It's possible to rush through life so fast that you lose track of what you're racing towards. You could be going so fast that you're like, my gosh, I was running. Uh, but what's my destination? And so many people... They don't even remember. What am I running towards? I, I don't know. I just got to run. And they're just running. But they don't know where they're going at. So it's important to be able to say, God, you know what? All my life and all this effort that I'm, that I'm spending and that I'm investing, what is it for? What's the plan and what's the end result? Are you the kind of person that hurries habitually? Do you get a rush from rushing? I don't know about you, but this is an area that I need help with. I admit it. <laughs> I admit it. I get behind the wheel and sometimes, man, we, it could be my day off. But I just have to, if I have a slow poke in front of me, what is this person doing? Tourism in Hialeah? Come on, are you serious? It's going like, it's 45 miles and you're going 35. And I don't know, I just have that impatience. Sometimes my wife has to calm me down and say, we have nowhere to go. 
it's our day off. We're going to Whole Foods or we're going to, we're going to Costco to do groceries. I mean, what's the hurry? We don't have to be there by a certain time. And sometimes we're just so wired and so used to it that we don't realize it. And we're like on rush mode. <laughs> Maybe you can relate to this. This is a story that I read on the internet and I'm like, this is me. This is me. This is how I check out when I go do my groceries. I will first count the number of items I have to see if I can go through the fast checkout lane. And if I can, I will scan the entire row of the cash registers to see which line is the shortest. Then I'll look at how many items the people in those lines have in their carts and how quick and efficient the cashier looks. And then I'll make the determination as to which lane will be the fastest. Don't leave me alone here. Anyone else do this? All right. <laughs> All this evaluation takes just a few seconds. I mean, because we're so professional. I do, we've been doing it for so long that this is like, it's like a scan. That's it. We know what lane to get. It doesn't take much practice. But the worst thing is that it doesn't end there. Once you make the decision which line to get into the grocery store, then we make a mental note as to where we would be in every other line. And we mark our progress to see if we exactly or actually did pick the quickest lane. Most of the time you didn't pick the fastest lane because a freaking extreme couponer happened to be right in front of you and started pulling out coupons for every single item they were buying. So you're looking around and you're saying, man, if I would have been in that lane, I would have been in my car already. Any guilty parties here? <laughs> speed limit, more like speed minimum. If they don't go five to 10 miles over the speed limit, then we pass them. Microwaves don't cook our foods fast enough. Fast food lines don't move quick enough. Coffee makers now allow you to have a cup of coffee or tea or hot chocolate instantly. I mean, you don't even have to colar el café, right? Like our parents used to do. What I'm trying to say here is that sometimes our lives can get out of control. Steph Curry said, you can play fast, but not in a hurry. And I think that applies to a lot of the things that we do. You can play fast, but not in a hurry. I'd say you can live fast, but not in a hurry. How many of you guys have ever heard of John Wesley? Amazing man of God. This guy was a pioneer and he wrote a book called Wesley's Anecdotes. And on the subject of punctuality, he writes this. A friend once said, Wesley, you need not be in a hurry. A hurry, sir, he answered. A hurry, no. I have no time to be in a hurry, he says. Though I am always in haste, I am never in a hurry because I never undertake any more work than I can go through with perfect calmness of spirit. That is such a good way to see it. Because what's the, what's the consequence? What's the price that I'm paying? I can't get so busy and be in such a hurry that I lose time and I lose control and I get all stressed out. And then I make my wife pay because I'm stressed out. What I'm trying to gain by hurrying, I'm undoing somewhere else. The problem with JTP Church is that we are addicted to hurry. And as a result of our hurried lives, four things happen. And this is what I want to talk to you guys about today briefly. Four things happen. If you guys are writing down, number one, when you are addicted to hurry and you're always hurrying, number one, you don't see clearly. Number two, you don't listen carefully. Number three, you don't think deeply. And last but not least, number four, you don't savor life fully. Let's talk a little bit about seeing clearly. When we get really busy, we don't see clearly the things that are often the most important and the things that are right in front of us. How many of you guys have noticed that when you run really fast, the fast as you can, the way you see, because you're 
moving so much, you can't focus as well as if you're watch, looking at someone standing still. And I think spiritually, the same thing happens. With respect to goals, we're not talking about running physically now, but when we're running in life and where you can't focus on the things that are really important. You see everything distorted. It's hard to see clearly when you're moving so fast. I read a story about Billy Graham. He tells of a story when he was in L.A. He was doing his first round of revivals. And his daughter Ruth had just been born. And he left his daughter with his wife back in North Carolina. So the revival started in L.A. And Billy's family came to visit him all the way from North Carolina. After the crusade, they went to greet him and surprise him. He didn't know that they were coming. So his sister came and approached him and had his little girl, Ruth, in her arms. And he was so distracted and so much in a hurry, doing the ministry, mind you, that he said, who's that beautiful little baby? He didn't even realize that that was his baby. That was Ruth. And sometimes you could be so caught up, even in doing ministry, and so much in a hurry, that you don't take time to see clearly. Amen? To see what direction is God leading me. Sometimes we're doing so much but we're not taking direction or we don't have time to see what direction God wants to move us. We can get so busy with our own schedules that we don't see the hurt or disappointment in the eyes of those who need us. You could be so hurried to do stuff in church and along the way you probably had somebody, a Samaritan, or not a Samaritan, somebody that was along the way and you weren't a good Samaritan because you had stuff to do. No, it's just that I have to get to church. And yeah, we always encourage people punctuality is very important and we believe that if you're going to be serving God you got to be here on time and we know all that but man you have to understand that the reason why we even come to church is to be able to know more about God to share with the world what God is doing in us so if God interrupts your plans with somebody that he puts along your way man go ahead and do what the good Samaritan does the good Samaritan was probably on his way to church or who knows he was on his way to do something I'm sure he had something to do but he saw the man lying on the side of the road and he didn't say, well, I ain't, I ain't got time for you. Ain't nobody got time for that. He said, this, I can't just leave this guy here. So he started taking care of him. He was hurt. Somebody had mugged the guy. So he got him, put him out on his donkey, took him into a hotel, paid for the hotel, and told the guy in charge, if he needs anything, food or anything, put it on my tab. So Carly was talking about this today, right? He used his resources. And he wasn't too much in a hurry to stop and do the right thing. He had time to be able to listen to the voice of God and be a response to that person. And I feel God telling us today something that I read in 1 Samuel 12, 16. It says, now therefore stand still and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. I don't know who that word is for, but if it's for you, just grab it. Because God wants you to stay still. And see, sometimes God just wants to blow your mind. And he knows you're serving and he knows you're involved and he knows you're doing all these things. And if you're not, you should be doing those things. But you can't get so wrapped up in that and not take time to stop and watch God work. Sometimes we're running so fast and we have all these things that we need that we can't take time to see all the things that God has done. Yeah. Amen. I have plans in my life. Carly and I, we talk about them. When we come and we put our tithe there, we always declare certain things that we want, doors that we want God to open. And we come, but you got to take time to say, God, thank you for my family. Man, I have a beautiful son. You gave me the blessing of being father of Luca. It's such, Luca brings so much joy to our lives. Sometimes you got to, even though you have stuff that you still haven't accomplished 
or that you're waiting for God to do and you're praying, you're actively praying and in faith waiting. You know, you're adding patience to faith like the Bible says and you're, you're in that waiting process. You can't afford to not stop and say, thank you, God, for the things that you already have done. Thank you, God, because I got clothes. I'm not naked. Thank you, God, because I ate today before coming to JTP Church. I had lunch. I had breakfast. I have my fridge and it's stocked and I have a job. Thank you, God. And we, we need to understand and occasionally stand still, like Samuel says, and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. I'm declaring tonight that God is going to do something amazing. If you take time to wait and be still in God's presence, you know what? God will take care of all the things that you can't do on your own. God will bring the man that you're asking God for. And the single people said, <laughs> and the single ladies, God will bring the son that you're waiting for. Ladies, if you're married and you want to get pregnant, and God, God will do it. God will do it. But take time to be still and worship God and, and, and see this great thing that God is going to do. The second thing that being in a rush doesn't let us do is listen carefully. Proverbs chapter 2. I want to share this. I'm going to read the first five verses of this chapter. It says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom. Everybody say, listen carefully. He's talking about turning your ear to wisdom. Not wisdom that you get from a book, but wisdom that comes from God. Yeah. From taking time to being in his presence saying, God, speak to me in this situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no clue what I should do. And I can't do this on my own. Speak to me. Help me. Well, turn your ear to wisdom and apply to your heart understanding. Verse 3, it says, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it, as for hidden treasure, man, how much do we search for money? How much do we hunger for money and to be able to have a bigger house? And, you know, the Bible says that those are blessings that will come as an add-on. But sometimes we pursue these things and we diligently go after money, money. I want to just, I need it, I need it, I need it. And God says, if just like you go after money, you would go after wisdom and understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Everyone say, listen carefully. Let's be honest here. How many of you guys have ever gone in an argument with someone and as that person is talking to you and showing you their point, you're not listening and all you're doing is thinking about what you're going to say next? Raise your hand. Guilty? <laughs> That's not communication. They're just talking and you see them. They have a blank look. What am I going to say next? What am I going to come back with? Whatever you said to them, they're not considering it because they're worried about winning than finding out who is right. Well, when we don't listen carefully because we're in a rush, things start happening. Marriages start breaking down. Children become isolated. Friendships start falling apart. Callings get ignored because God's trying to focus. But, but no, you're, you're, you're so busy in what you're trying and you're not listening. There's a reason why God gave us two ears and just one mouth. Maybe we should do twice as much hearing and listening to the voice of God than we do talking. But that's another topic for another day. <laughs> the third thing that happens when we are so in a rush is that we lack to think deeply. When you're too much in a rush to stop and think about situations and stuff that's happening around you, you're prone to make bad and incorrect decisions. Taking time to think about what's going on and meditate on what God is trying to tell you, that's a word that we use in the Bible that's called wisdom. 
That's going to God and say, God, help me understand this. You don't have to get everything. But you know, God has things that he wants to reveal. And one of my favorite verses that shows the importance of praying and, and having some secret time alone with God, Jeremiah 33 says that when you seek God, He'll show you things that you do not know, things that are hidden, secret things. That's what he says. There's things that God constantly wants to share in your heart. There's keys that God wants to give you to open the doors that you're trying to forcefully open. And you're not, if you don't have the right key, you're not going to open. But God says, look, come, come into my secret place. Because in my secret place, as you seek me, I will show you the things, things that are hidden, things that you don't understand, things that are secret. And, and in the secret place, God pours his heart over us you don't know how many keys god can give you in the secret place and we always say this that's why the devil doesn't want you to pray he's gonna make you hurry and do a lot of things and try to be proactive in a lot of things as long as you don't have time to pray because in prayer there's solutions to your problems you connect to an almighty god man his hotline is always blinging all the time His hotline is never, right? It's never busy. He's always there. He takes your call. And when he takes your call, who can better solve your situation than God? He can make all things new. Man, if you need a liver, he'll give you a new liver. My family came to know God. We weren't Christians. And my grandma was sick of cancer. All my family died of cancer. My father's uncles and his, and his grandparents. And it was devastating. My whole family succumbed to cancer until my grandma one day when she was full of cancer all over her body with 20 days to live, still young. She was only in her 30s. She opened in her little humble hut in Argentina. She looked to the sky and she said, if there's a God in heaven, please, all I ask is that you give me three years to raise my children. That's all I ask. If there's, she didn't even believe that there was a God, but if there's any chance that there's a God in heaven. And that night she went to sleep and had a dream that a sister came to her and took her to a church. And when she went inside the church, she saw Jesus. And Jesus told her, who told you that you're going to die? I'm going to heal you. And he came to her in the dream. In the dream, he came to her, put his hand where the cancer started. And she wakes up. And she starts feeling strength. She, at that point, 20 days to live, she couldn't even walk. She couldn't go to the bathroom. Back in those days, the bathrooms were outside. They weren't inside the house. You had to literally go outside. Argentina is pretty cold in the winter. You know, you have to bundle up and then go into the bathroom. And she had strength to do that. Well, to make the long story short, she lived 34 years. Doctors got together, a whole council of doctors to say, what in the world are you doing? What are you taking? Where are you going? Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Because you are cancer-free. And since that day, never again did one person in my family die of cancer. Never. Never. She lived 34 years. And we saw the glory of God. Joshua 1.8. This is one of my favorite verses. I love this verse. And if you abide by it, it's impossible that you wouldn't be successful or prosperous. It says, this book of the law, it's talking about the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth. Everybody say, we always have to declare the word of God. Say it, come on. Always, always. It shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. We're talking about thinking deeply now. When we're too much in a rush, we don't get to think deeply. We don't have time to meditate. But it's saying, look, not only shall the book not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, everybody say for then, will you make your way prosperous 
and then you will have good success. If I do this, if I meditate in God's word day and night, I'm guaranteed success. You guys believe the word of God? This is the same God that said, let there be light, and there was. Well, if God writes this in his word, this is true. So sometimes, if the enemy can't keep you from not coming to church, he'll keep you in getting you so busy and coming to church and doing all these superficial things that we should do, but then in your home, you don't have time to pray, and that's the key. When you meditate in his word, when you, when you seek the presence of God and you read scriptures before you go to sleep, and, and you start meditating in what God spoke to you, it's important. Psalms chapter 119, you could see that King David used to have a discipline of doing this. I love this verse. He said, princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. There were people plotting to kill him, people that wanted to undertake him. What would he do at night instead of worrying and, oh, what I got? Call the general. Call the general. Let's have a staff meeting. Uh, no, no, no. He says, I meditate in your statutes. I trust in you. I know that as long as I have my heart and, and my life invested in you, God, you're not going to do me wrong. You're going to prosper me as long as I meditate in your word. What's the last thought that you have every single day as you go to sleep? Was it that line that Kevin Hart said on that Comedy Central? Or, or is it something that God spoke to you? Something that you read in the word or you came to church and you listened, you highlighted, and then when you got home, you read it over because it ministered to your life and you went to sleep meditating saying, God, I want to start meditating in your word because I see that your purpose and your desire for my life is to prosper me and to open doors for me. So I want to be on that line. I want to make sure that I prosper. I want to make sure that I meditate in your word. If we're going to gain wisdom and godly perspective, how many of you guys want that, right? and instruction, godly perspective and instructions for our lives. We need time to simply think deeply. Unfortunately, in a hurry-up world where every message needs to be expressed in 140 characters or less, there's no room for deep thinking, which means we struggle to really become wise because we become wise when we go and meditate in God's Word. So last but not least, savor life fully. Out-of-control lives also means we don't get to enjoy and savor life fully. Yeah, we're in a hurry. We're probably successful at some things. But like I said, opportunity costs. We're missing out on a lot of other things. We're not enjoying life fully. We are so busy running from one event to the next that we never really enjoy what we're doing. We never stop and celebrate what is taking place in our lives. And sometimes we need to take time out and say, yeah, I mean, my goal is to get here. But man, let me look back. Let me celebrate everything I've done. And thank God, maybe I haven't reached, you know, the, the fullness of everything that I want to see. I have dreams that I haven't reached yet. But, man, that doesn't mean that I can't look back and, with my wife and say, man, God's been faithful. Thank you, God. Thank you. And enjoy that. We need to nurture friendships, strengthen families, and we need to take time to thank God for all that he's doing in our lives. When we get too busy, all of those things suffer. Ecclesiastes 5.18 says, here is what I've seen. And again, this is written by the wisest man in the world. This is King Solomon again. Here is what I've seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor 
in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him, for it is his heritage. Wow, this is our heritage. King Solomon says this is good, to be able to eat and drink and enjoy life. You know what happens? Sometimes we're, we're thinking that when we get to this certain place in our lives, that's when we're going to be enjoying. Man, when I get married, single people say, when I get married, oh my gosh, I'm going to enjoy life. You don't know the hardships of marriage. I mean, marriage is a blessing, but, you know, it takes time. You got to invest in it, and it, you have responsibilities. Man, no matter where you are in life today, you could be happy. Whether you're single, whether you're courting, whether you're married, whether you're a senior citizen, whether you're 80, 90, whether you're 10, whether you're 15, every single season in your life, even if you're going through hardships, man, enjoy the time that you're spending. There's a bunch of things that you could give God thanks for, and there's, there's a possibility to enjoy life even with things sometimes not going the way that you want. That's what King Solomon was saying here. What's got you so in a rush and keeping you from listening to God? What's got you so in a rush that's got you or is keeping you from seeing clearly and keeping you from meditating on the one who has the answers and keeping you from enjoying life to the fullest no matter what, what season you're in? There's this song that came out about two years ago that I love and I want to share it with you guys because the lyrics of the song are very powerful and it talks about how sometimes we're in a rush and sometimes all... Oh, God wants you to do is breathe. Take some time to look at all that God has done. And man, take your problems to God. He actually encourages that. So I want you to just pay attention to the screens. And I asked Brandy if, or actually it's Zachary back there, if you could just go ahead and put the video. And it's, you're going to see the font. You're going to see the lyrics. And just pay attention to what the song says. Just breathe. 
One of the verses that he was referring to here, it's Matthew chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. And Jesus said these words, and he said them a long time ago, but they're still powerful, and they're still for you and me. And he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, sometimes we're looking for rest, and we think that we're so bombarded by all these things that we try to do, and uh, we, we can't even accomplish half of them. And where am I going to get time to finish all the other ones that I want to do? And how am I going to start? And where do I finish? And we leave all the things halfway done. And God says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you won't find rest for your souls. And he says something very important in verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what God or what Jesus is saying here is like, man, let's do an exchange. You got a heavy burden on your back. A yoke is, we talked a little bit about this, right? It was something that would bring two animals together and they would put a yoke on them and they would walk with this yoke and behind them they will be able to plow the ground so that then the farmer could come and sow the seeds. And, and sometimes we, we have this burden on our, and we're trying to carry it. And God all the time is saying, you're not supposed to carry that. Give it to me, and I'll make your travel lighter. And sometimes we have unforgiveness in our heart. People have failed us, and instead of forgiving, we're carrying with all that weight of what people have done to us in the past. And man, sometimes God says, just forgive. Your travel will be lighter. Let me give you rest. And I'm going to ask you guys to stand on your feet, and if Emily can help me on the keyboards. I'm finishing up right here in the next few minutes. How many of you guys have stuff that you want and you're planning to start, but you just have no time and you're trying to figure out where in the world am I going to get time to do this? Raise your hand. Right? Happens to all of us. And then you even lose more time thinking about it. Well, you see, God is an expert at putting things together. God is a... He's an expert at getting all these loose pieces, puzzle pieces of your life and helping you do away with the ones that aren't convenient for you and say, look, don't even waste your time on this. This is important. Priority number one, place this here and putting all the things together and in the process, giving you rest.
wouldn't it be amazing of us reaching our calling and the success that God declared and planned for our life and in the process being able to enjoy life where the opposite is actually doing so much being stressed out and never accomplishing anything and God says look if you guys come and bring your worry to me bring all these heavy burdens that you're carrying with and trying to you know do life without me and trying to do life with your own let me help you I know what you're going through and I think that some of us need to make a decision today we need to take a moment we need to stop and as the song says breathe let go and let God as that fam as that famous saying goes right let go and give God an opportunity look around you look at your phone look at your calendar your schedules and the first thing we need to do is admit that our life is a rush that we're rushing through life and once we do make a decision to hush the rush and you know the Bible has a word for when we finally admit that we're rushing and we make a decision to hush the rush, that word is called repentance. It's when you come and you say, God, I've been doing things my way, but I want to turn my life around and I want to start doing things differently. I want to start doing things your way. And that's the, the word that the Bible uses as repentance. It's turning away from the way you were doing things and now actually getting God involved in your everyday situation your everyday life in the decisions you make in the goals that you have in the doors that you're trying to open in your own strength all it takes is to go back to the 10 commandments to see how God wants us to order our lives check this out in the Bible in the Old Testament there's about 630 laws or commandments but taking time to rest made it to God's top 10 so that should tell you that it's pretty important. And not only that, God himself, when he created everything that we see, the Bible says then on the seventh day, he what? He rested. So who are we not to rest and say, God, let me take time to listen carefully. Let me take time to see clearly. Let me take time to meditate in your word and to enjoy life fully in the process. I know that there's some things that still aren't right, and I don't know when they're going to become right, but I do know that they will become right. And in the process, I'm not going to lose sleep. I know that my life is in the palm of your hands. And one of the most amazing things about being a believer and, and knowing the type of God that we have is that even though I know that there's certain things that are lacking and that are still not where they should be or how they should be, I can just lay my, lay my head on my pillow at night and trust completely knowing that God has my back and you know what tomorrow's another day I go before God in the morning and I say God you know take care of my path today I don't know what kind of adversity I'm gonna or challenges I'm gonna go through today but I know that God if you're in my if I'm in your hand you protect me and you're gonna guide me and you're gonna resolve my problems and you're gonna you're gonna show your glory in my life so I want to do a calling today as we finish up here and wrap it up I want to call people to the altar that you realize that maybe your life is in such a rush that it's causing you to not see clearly, to not think carefully, to not meditate in God's word, to not enjoy life fully. And today you want to make a commitment and say, God, you know what? I'm going to repent. I'm going to hush the rush. I'm going to take time to be able to listen to your voice. And I know that that's going to bring perspective to my life. And you're going to start to speak clearly 
And because I'm not no longer in a rush, I'm going to start listening to your voice and you're going to guide me with respect to how to get this crazy life of mine in order.